This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name's Todd Willits, and I'm joined by EPFR's economist, Cameron Brandt. We'll walk you through what our teams were monitoring last week in the data EPFR tracks, as well as what we'll look for in the upcoming week. Cam, good morning. Uh, I know that you are hoping to get out on the the pond or lake or ocean this weekend, uh, this past weekend. How, how was that trip? Well, um, of course, dealing with the attention spans of a nine-year-old, the pressure was definitely on to deliver. But uh, um, I think I think he went away happy. Good. Well, speaking of attention span, it certainly seems like China was uh, dominating people's focus in the past week. I saw a lot of headlines in different sectors. Uh, do we see a, a broad shift in sentiment from investors? Uh, towards or away from China in the past week? We certainly saw investors react, but it isn't wasn't the reaction you might have expected. Um, flows into China, the China equity funds we track jumped to a 15-week high, uh, over $3.5 billion came in. Um, and uh, there was really sort of a sense uh, that the smarter money saw this sound and fury as an opportunity, not uh, a confirmation of disaster to come. So let's go sector by sector. I know that uh, a lot of the conversation was sector focused with the country in the past uh, week or so. So let's start with real estate. I know there's been some fear of a, a real estate bubble in China. Uh, it, do you think that that pressure is increasing or do you uh, what, what are you seeing in the data that we track? Are, are investors sold that there's a, a bubble forming? Well, our uh, our new ta- team member, Kirsten Longbottom, actually dug into that a bit this past week. Uh, and, and, the, and the pattern we saw was that uh, uh, as long as the authorities were letting the bubble go, investors were within reason actually comfortable um, sticking a bit more money in dedicated China real estate funds. Uh, they had inflows up until this week for uh, for six straight weeks. Uh, however, the authorities uh, haven't uh, haven't sort of continued this happy laissez-faire situation. This past week, they uh, tightened uh, mortgage standards and you know went through their list of tools that they deploy when they're concerned about a real estate bubble. Uh, with the result that there was uh, a noticeable reversal in the flow pattern uh, within uh, China real estate funds. Um, so I, I, you know, the, the short answer is uh, that investors don't really feel they're in bubble territory, but they are worried that if the government thinks they are, they could destroy quite a bit of value fairly quickly. So it sounds like a little bit of a mixed bag. Uh, people kind of not really going any one way with real conviction. How about in in the tech sector? I know this is probably a little more enforcement than in real estate, but uh, what are you seeing has been the re- the investor reaction in that 
uh, China sector. Well, that, that's definitely been an area where it seems that the, the, the sell-off in response to sort of the official moves has been, aha, an opportunity to get in at a, a nice price point. Um, and, and certainly, um, you know, the, the, the financial, financial industry and sector is always one that uh, tends to <laughs> resolutely look on the bright side. Um, but a fair, if I, you know, if I had to summarize sort of the, 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 the you know, the fund research and, and, and the fund manager output, uh, it is that uh, so far what we've seen is an overreaction that uh, – uh, while China is further along in terms of bringing its uh, big tech companies to heel, uh, it's not as if uh, their counterparts in Europe and the U.S. don't want the same thing. Um, so, um, you know, and you, as as I preface the, the, this sort of seg- segment with, um, you know, you do want to be careful about. Uh, taking uh, everything fund managers say at face value because they are so relentlessly optimistic. But it's certainly true that uh, you know, in the current broad climate, everything China does does tend to be viewed as um, you know, part of a move to the dark side. And you, know, you can make a pretty rational case from many of the moves they've made. Uh, now, I certainly think that there's a strong political element in this, um, but uh, I agree with sort of the general consensus that um, you know, um, they're, they're reflecting a sort of a broad move that is not confined to China. Right, and we're seeing it in other in other markets, just dealt with in in at different speed and in different ways. Right, right. Uh, we we don't have the tools of a one party state to do it. Uh, if we did, I strongly suspect Facebook would be a very different animal. They are going to be in the metaverse soon, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I know that we saw record-setting inflows this past week for a fund group that probably is relevant to the current uh, macroeconomic uh, debate that's happening. What fund group did we see those record-setting inflows into? We saw them into inflation-protected bond funds. Um, and you know, as anyone who has listened to us uh, over the past few months knows, uh, the inflation narrative is one of the, the, the major ones uh, out in a pool of sort of several fairly significant ones that have moved the markets at different times this year. Um, I, you know, I think um, it would have, the sentiment towards inflation would have um, gotten more attention this week if it wasn't for the ruckus over the, the Chinese regulators and the impact that had on uh, major Chinese stocks. Um, we've seen an awful lot recently of uh, in the field of sort of uh, not sort of of extreme climate events, um, and many of those are occurring in areas that are frequently described as breadbaskets for their respective countries. 
You have drought in southern Africa, um, floods uh, through the northern tier of continental Europe. Uh, you have an extended drought uh, in the west of this country and into California, which is a major uh, agricultural producer. Um, selective areas of South America are also experiencing drought. Um, Asia, China's breadbasket area has been hammered by massive floods. Um, you know, so and and ditto for India. So. Um, you know, anyone who can connect the dots has to think that food prices, which is a form of inflation that everyone notices and quickly, uh, has a very good chance of going up quite significantly in the next few months. Um, so, uh, though there's been a little bit of a lull recently and central banks have been making all <laughs> the right noises, uh, I think anyone who's sort of paying attention to the bigger picture can easily see uh, inflation sort of moving back to the sort of the top of the narratives that drive the market at the moment. And I know that last week, a uh, one of the, is it the core inflation uh, measurements that the Fed uses was up, what, 3.5% or just above 3.5% last week? Right. They, uh, there's still plenty of signs that uh, uh, inflation pressures here uh, and in Europe, Germany's, uh, one of Germany's closely followed numbers is at a 13-year high. So, um, though the sort of aggressive talking down by central banks has had some effect, uh, the underlying causes for the debate uh, certainly seem alive and well at the moment. So, you mentioned a few environmental events over the past couple weeks. In a, a week last week that saw Fairly widespread smoke hit the major East Coast cities from West Coast fires. Uh, it feels like this is all a culmination of um, unfortunate marketing for ESG fund managers. They have a lot of talking points at their disposal. I'm actually a little surprised we didn't see larger inflows into ESG funds in the past couple of weeks, given what's happening in the world. Uh, do you think that that fund group is is uh, maybe hitting a little bit of resistance, or what do you think is happening in that group? A little bit of resistance, I think, is the right way of putting it. Uh, for the most part, uh, those fund groups are uh, still getting uh, fund levels, uh, fund flows at, at a, a consistency and level that um, many other groups would kill for. Um, but momentum in terms of those flows definitely peaked uh, early this year uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, perhaps best summarized by the fact that uh, you know ESG is now mainstream. It's no longer a newcomer shouting from the sidelines. It's down in the ring, uh, and people are sort of giving it the kind of scrutiny more established asset classes get. Um, and in areas like transparency and, uh, you know, the real uh, greenness of their portfolios, uh, a phenomenon generally referred to as greenwashing, um, you know, there's some questions they need to answer. Uh, I've always felt there was going to be some stress points here, uh, not out of any sort of malfeasance, but um, there's a tremendous disconnect between 
the financial time that these funds have to operate on, you know, basically having to prove quarter by quarter that they're doing a decent job and, and, and at least matching the market. Um, uh, and, and the pace at which the goals they pursue play out. Um, uh, an example I, I tend to refer to whenever I have this discussion is that uh, after the enormous uh, efforts to get rid of fluorocarbons and other um, chemicals that damage the ozone layer, uh, it took the better part of four decades before that whole really closed. So um, that's an awful lot of quarters for a fund that perhaps had that as a, an explicit or implicit goal to navigate before it could point and say, you know, look what your money did. Um, so the, the, the funds and the sort of uh, theme in general is being questioned a bit more frequently now about, you know, well, you've got my money under this premise. What what are you doing with it? And they have to answer two questions, you know, because it's what are you doing with it to get me a decent return? And it's, you know, what are you doing with it to sort of uh, achieve the promises that um, you seem to be making as part of this sort of broad theme? Uh, I don't think it's going to go away. And obviously, as you say, uh, <laughs> The, the likely impact of what we've been seeing uh, around the world recently uh, is certainly going to keep flows uh, at their current level, if not nudge them higher as, as we go in. Um, but I think uh, you know it, it will. The initial euphoria that propelled so much money into them over the past four years, I do think that is beginning to fade and a more hard-nosed scrutiny uh, is, is evident. So, Cam, what are you and the team scrutinizing yourselves this week? Well, we are we are going to be sort of looking at the ESG theme um, you know, uh, very, very much along the, the lines that uh, I just outlined, um, you know, where is it in terms of uh, getting its own own standards cleaned up uh, and more made more transparent for the people who are pitching in? And, uh, you know, what are the goals that it's pursuing and, and uh, how are they delivering on them? Um, and we're also going to be digging uh, a bit more into hedge funds. Um, they haven't been getting quite as much attention recently as they sometimes do in in sort of volatile periods where there isn't sort of a dominant theme. Uh, so, um, you know, since we just recently launched a new hedge fund uh, flows database, uh, the team's going to be digging into that a bit more to see if we can uh, develop a clearer picture of what's going on. Great. I know the. Um is it Section 8 and Section 9 filings for ESG funds is certainly a topic that we've heard a, a bit about. So excited for you and the team to take a, a further look in that space. Good. Great. Thanks, Cam. Have a great week. You too. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.com slash podcast. 